Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Patrick D. McCoy, the African American voice in classical music, and I want to welcome you to this very and special installment of the Opera Diva series. As you know, this series has explored uh, several world-renowned opera divas, including Carmen Balthrop, Nicole Cabell, Christine Brewer, and many others. Today is no exception. Just a few days ago, we ventured on the Maestro series where we spoke with conductor Marlon Daniel about his performance with Ensemble Du Monde in New York City. So I hope that you all will check that performance out as well this weekend. On with today's show, Michelle DeYoung is our guest today on the Opera Diva series. Mezzo-soprano Michelle DeYoung has already established herself as one of the most exciting artists of her generation. She has appeared with many of the world's leading orchestras, including the New York Philharmonic, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the Cleveland Orchestra, among many others. Michelle is currently in Washington, D.C., here to perform Samson and Delilah by Camille Saint-Song with the Washington Concert Opera. Please welcome mezzo-soprano Michelle DeYoung. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Patrick. How are you today? I'm great. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I've been following you for quite a while, and so now it's, it's such a treat to have this conversation. I just want to launch right in. You're here in Washington, D.C., as I mentioned, uh, here to perform at the Washington Concert Art. But could you go ahead and tell the listeners about that performance coming up? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, we have the concert on this Sunday, May 13, and uh, it's at 6 p.m. at Lisner Auditorium. And it's Samson and Delilah by Saffons, um, with Anthony Walker is conducting. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. That sounds wonderful. Now, Washington Concert Opera, um, certainly as the title implies, uh, they perform all of their operas in the concert format. Could you maybe discuss what are some of the pros and cons of maybe performing an opera like the same song? Uh, in concert uh, version as opposed to having all the scenery and the costumes? Well, you know, certain operas, in my opinion, work very, very well in concert, and I believe this is one of them. For me, this is my first time to sing the role of Dalila, so uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to um, take a role out for the first time in when you're in concert because, you know, you don't have the, the things to think about like... Um, exactly when you're supposed to pass this over or do this across there, uh, you know, all of the staging, which is a lot of fun, but adds to um, more stress, quite frankly. And mm. to, to be able to be standing and to also be able to sing with your score and, and things like that, it, it takes some of the things that might be scary, might be stressful, out of the equation. And you can just really focus on the role and the character and um, singing well and so uh, I, I feel like it's a really wonderful um, opportunity to try a rollout. Wow, that that certainly is a, a good point. So you really get to concentrate right on the right on the role itself. You don't have to worry about all of the other things, not to call them distractions, but you really could definitely focus and hone hone that role. That's brilliant. Now I've I've well, been following you. I've been following you as I mentioned, and I've seen that you you've performed several 
other roles, and the most recent uh, thing that I think I saw that you did was Bluebird Castle. Could you maybe reflect on that experience, and what was your introduction to that piece? Well, that is another really good example of a piece that works incredibly well in concert. Um, The thing that is fun about doing an opera in concert is that what you do, the way you present it is really how you believe, at that moment, how you believe the character is, and you bring it to life yourself. And often when you're in a staged opera, you are told this is how your character is, and this is what you have to do, and, you know, things that might not necessarily be, um, you know, in some, like I did, a, my first time Neros was with Calixto Bieto in Switzerland, and his, he's known for very, very bizarre out-there out productions, and this was no exception. And it, I did things as Omneris I never even considered, but um, now as Dalila, to, to not have any influence like that, it really is just who I am bringing to her the first time I sing her. Um, with Judith in Bluebeard, it's the same way. I've done it many times, and... Um, I've done it staged, a full staging in Salzburg, and then uh, I did a tour with the London Phil recently where, where it was actually staged. Um, we, we staged it in front of the orchestra on an extra platform, and it was with Sir John Tomlinson, who is you know, such an amazing actor. And we, we did have someone tell us, okay, cross the stage there, cross the stage there, because it was recorded. We always had to be in front of the mics. But... Um, the the acting of it was really what we brought to it. And I find that so exciting because every time I sing Bluebeard, well, not every time, but many times, it's with someone <laughs> different. And it brings a totally different thing to it. You know, if, like, I do it next month with um, um, Alan Held in San Francisco and Sir John Tom, I mean, they couldn't be more different as singers. I did it with Matthias Gurna here with the National Symphony and again, the the three of them could not be more different. And it made the character of Bluebeard different. It also made my character different because of how I respond to him. So that uh, I always find that so interesting. And I think you can bring a lot to a concert stage, you know, without there's a lot of of acting you can do without moving. Um and just in your face and your expression and, and I I think some of that can be lost a lot on the opera stage. Um, so it, it, there's actually a lot of pluses for it, in my mm. opinion. That's a wonderful perspective. Now, I've done my research, and I hope I've, I've done it correctly, but I understand that you're um, an alumna of Calvin College. and I am. Calvin, <laughs> mm, and, and they are certainly proud of you. I sent the information over to, to them, and they responded immediately, and they actually posted this interview on their alumni association page. So they are certainly proud oh, of you neat. there. Well, I um, um, was very fortunate to go there for a, a couple of years. My, my father is a um, graduate of their seminary, and mm. so while he was going to seminary, it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, while he was going to seminary, I was born. So then grew up mostly in Colorado, but I actually wanted to go back, and I, I started singing there. Um, the, the I had the most amazing choir director by the name of Anton Armstrong. Oh, wow. St. Olaf now. Do you know Anton? Yes, he just was here. Oh. Uh, the choir was here at Strathmore about a month or so ago, did a fabulous concert. 
aren't they incredible? And he is just incredible. And we, it was a really very, very special choir. It was just the campus choir. It wasn't like a specialty choir, but it was, it was amazing what he could get us to do. And it, it was so much fun. And, um, uh, actually I met my best friend there and we are still best friends to this day. But anyway, um, Yes, and he had me do a solo, and he said, I think you should consider going into singing. I think that you have a talent. And I was like, really? Uh, you know, I kind of went to Calvin College to get my MRS degree. I was looking for a man. And uh, <laughs> I decided to go into it, and I started studying with a wonderful lady there named Charcy Sawyer. Oh, wow. And I love Charcy. Who I believe is still, you know Charcy? Oh, she's yes. so wonderful. Yes. And she was so encouraging and and she, I believe, is still still teaching there. And um, anyway, I couldn't afford the college anymore, so I had to transfer um, to the California system because my parents had moved to California, and I was still young enough to get their uh, discount, the in-state discount through my parents. And so I went to San Francisco State for a minute and transferred to Cal State Northridge, and who they were just fantastic. And um, Kurt Allen was my voice teacher, and... Dr. David Scott's the head of the program, and they really helped me. They they would do operas and give me the lead roles, and I did concerts with the the, the orchestra there, and I did recitals, and I did I basically made my own conservatory because um, after Anton had said that, I talked to my parents and and said, why don't I try this? And who knows if you know, it might work, and if, when I'm 25, if nothing comes of this, I'll do something else. But why not mm. explore it? And my parents just were 100% behind me and, and have been my entire career. And um, so I decided to do that and, and really went to Cal State Northridge. And I took German. I took ballet. I took acting. I was in the opera workshop. I was, you know, I did everything I could think of. Um, and uh, my voice teacher said, I want you to do the Met competition, and I want you to get prepared because... You're, they're going to ask you to be in the Young Artist Program. And I laughed, and I was like, yeah, right. And I was like, Kurt, I know you love me, but, you know, there's a, I, don't, I don't know about the Met. And so, it, you know, and this was just like a pie in the sky to me. And it was one of my very first competitions. And I ended up winning L.A., I ended up winning the regionals, and then I ended up winning in New York, and they asked me to be in the Young Artist Program. And wow. uh, he was right. He was right on. And I moved to New York before I graduated from college, and I, I did their program. And um, Gail Robinson was the head of it, and she took care of me and guided me, and uh, she was just amazing. From It was just the most extraordinary um, beginning for me. I learned so much, and uh, I will be eternally grateful for the Met and for Gail. That is awesome. Now, I know you mentioned uh, um, just a, a few minutes ago that your father, uh, you said he was in the seminary. He was, he, he was actually a preacher in that the seminary also? He is a, a Christian Reformed minister. My parents are from Holland, uh, mm. not Michigan, Holland, uh, Netherlands in Europe. And um, and so they uh, Christian Reformed is a, um, it's sort of like Dutch Reformed. And, mm. uh, yes, my father is. He is a retired minister. He does preach some still, but he, uh, from that time on, preached full-time, always had a church. So did you get a lot of your singing experience in the church? Yes, I have three older sisters. And this is kind of funny because, well, I think it's funny. You might not. <laughs> but um, 
So my sisters are all a year apart, but they're a little bit, they're uh, five, seven, and eight years older than me. And they would sing trios in church. And this, to me, I wanted to do this so bad. And I would beg to be part of this. And I'd always get, you're too young, you're too young. And so um, I, I like to tease them that, that I said, fine, then I'll just go have an international opera career. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's not entirely true. But, <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Um, but, yes, we did. And my my father is a huge, he loves classical music. So I was raised listening to Mahler and Bruckner and, Wagner and Beethoven, and we always had um, Handel, something like that on the stereo. So I just didn't really know what it was, but it, it was always part of my life. And uh, we all took um, instrument lessons too. So uh, we're very, we loved, we were very musical and we loved it. We all played the piano. I played piano for 18 years, uh, or took lessons for 18 years, um, and would play instruments throughout school. And the you know they would say, can you learn this? And I would learn the instrument, and um, it was always in the top choirs and and things like that. And it was it was something that two, especially two of my sisters and I loved, and was it was a huge part of our life. Mm, you know, the churches has certainly uh, been that for a lot of people to foster that music piece. Now we somewhat touched on uh, your love for opera and how that kind of got sparked, um, but you're also a wonderful. Uh, recitalist, doing a lot of recitals and, and different types of music. Talk to me about your recording of the Kindertoten Leader with Maestro Michael Tilson Thomas. Okay, well that was that was an amazing experience because um, on the same recording as the Mahler Three, which I believe we had done already, and then um, so I was supposed to go to Europe and finish a tour of Bluebeard's Castle with Pierre Boulez. Mm. And 9/11 happened, and I couldn't get out of the country. I couldn't fly. And San Francisco Symphony were going to do concerts of the Kindertoten Leader with a, a mezzo from Europe, and she couldn't get in. And we had already planned to do the Kindertoten Leader the following year uh, for recording it, but it all changed, of course, because no one could fly. And my father and I drove to San Francisco, and uh, we did those concerts. And <laughs> sorry, it still gets me emotional. Mm, okay. um, to do the Kindertoten Leader the week after that horrible disaster had happened, it was such an unbelievable experience. And in some ways, I know it must sound grotesque, but the truth is that the orchestra and I, we sort of all bonded over it, and we all felt healing through it. And it was an incredible experience. And then, so it, it really, that's, I mean, that's how it just felt. It was just one of the most important experiences of my life. And um, and then we won a Grammy for it, and it was just, it was it oh, it was just incredible because it meant so much already, and um, so that that was definitely. And then I got the huge honor this past for the tenth year anniversary to do the Mahler two with the uh, New York Philharmonic, and which was um, a televised concert. And uh, also, it was just so 
touching and so emotional and to see the people in the audience that were somehow affected or they were survivors or they were something family members it was it was an incredible experience that was such a special moment thank you so much um for sharing that with us, I'm like choked up. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I just want to uh, move forward a little bit now. Um, you you have a busy calendar. You're here in Washington now. What's up next on your calendar that's of special interest? Well, I think everything I'm doing is special. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do. I really. I I'm so. I feel so blessed because I really, really. I love the music that I sing, and I love you know the the experiences. This has definitely been something I've been looking forward to, and I'm very excited about, and really love the cast and love Anthony Walker. Um, so after this, oh, I do the Verdi Requiem in Cleveland, which will be really fun. I love singing the Verdi Requiem, and uh, I do a lot of concerts this summer. Um, in the Aspen Festival, I live in Colorado, and mm-hmm. so I, I try to sing in the Aspen Festival every summer and, and do a master class. So I'll be there and doing uh, Les Nuits d'Été, one concert, and um, the Rookert Leader in one concert, uh, Mahler's Rookert Leader. And then um, I'm doing La Morte de Cleopatra with Denver Symphony, which is which is sort of exciting for me. I've never sung there. And as a little girl growing up in Loveland, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is a little town about an hour north of Denver, we would go and do things at the Performing Arts Center uh, in like a school trip, and I just thought that it was the most amazing thing. So it's kind of exciting for me to go back and do concerts there, but also the opportunity that people I went to school with, people um, that I've known my whole life can actually see me perform. It's kind of exciting um, because they, and, and a lot of my family, they don't, they can't travel, and so it's just a, a neat opportunity. And then in the fall, I'm doing a wonderful um, tourette, I would say, with Essa Pekka-Solonen, who I, I absolutely adore working with, of um, Tristan. Mm-hmm. And it'll be in Finland, which I've never been to, and I'm very excited. <laughs> and then also in Sweden. And uh, so that those are the things that are immediately coming up. That sounds fascinating. Now, j- this question wasn't on my list, but I- I'm-, I'm just curious. You being a mezzo, um, who who are some of the mezzos, or maybe one particular mezzo that has kind of been a uh, a mentor as far as recordings, or somebody you have listened to that kind of um, inspires your your instrument, or, or just what you do? I-, I have two that I kind of put on a pedestal, which I, I don't really believe in putting people on pedestals. And if I met them, well, one I can't meet. If I met them, you know, I would be human, <laughs> I think, or I wouldn't be able to speak. One is Krista Ludwig, mm. who I'm kind of thankful I haven't met because I love her so much and I don't <laughs> – I would probably mess it up. But um, the other is Shirley Verrett, who I just think – Oh. Oh, my land. I I just think she is the – was the end all. Um, so those two. And I really, really loved um, Violetta Romana as a mezzo. Loved her. Wow, that's fascinating. And just as we we bring the um, interview just um, toward the end, um, this is always kind of a hard question for some people, so I hope I don't (laughs) um, labor over too much. But could you think of a piece of advice that you got 
uh, that really stuck out to you that was really important to you as you embarked on your career as a singer? Whew. Well, you know, I don't know if this would be – this is kind of a backwards one, but someone in my life, when I was just starting out, I'm not even sure I'd done the Met competition yet, but I was definitely having the idea of trying this career, said to me, are, are you sure you should do this? I don't think you should do this because you can't make it. Mm. And I looked at her and I said, well, someone makes it because there are people having careers and I won't know until I try. Mm. Now, I, I don't know if it's advice if I did it for myself, but it became very clear to me in that moment when I said that, that it's true. I, I don't know if I'll succeed, but it's a dream. And if you don't try at least try your dreams, that's when you failed. You don't mm. fail because you didn't succeed at your dream. You failed because you never tried. And and the other one that I have used throughout my career is the idea of staying in the moment. That is one of the things that helps me so much because I am one that is always looking five miles ahead. And, you know, I can be singing Kundry. I can be in the first act and worried about the high B in the middle of the second act. And I really, also with my career, so many amazing things happen. I mean, I, just in some of the things I've told you about, I've, I have been so blessed in this career with such extremely amazing experiences. And sometimes it's really hard to live in the moment, to really appreciate your experience because you're looking somewhere else. And mm. that is my biggest advice to young singers, is stay in the moment and enjoy the moment. And in both... You know, it, you can use it in so many ways of life. I just really feel like that is helpful for me. That is so powerful. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today on the Opera Diva Series. I do want to take a moment uh, to make sure the listeners know certainly about the performance, which is on Sunday, May 13th at 6 o'clock p.m. in the Lister Auditorium featuring uh, Michelle DeYoung, mezzo-soprano with other guest singers in Samson and Delilah by Camille Saint-Song. And this will be conducted by Anthony Walker, performed by Washington Concert Opera. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today, and much success to you and your career. Thank you so much for sharing this time today. Thank you so much, Patrick. You're certainly welcome. Again, this has been the Opera Diva series, uh, chatting with mezzo-soprano Michelle DeYoung as she prepares to perform Samson and Delilah by Camille Saint-Saëns with the Washington Concert Opera. Thank you all so much for joining us for this installment of the Opera Diva Series, which celebrates some of the most talented singers of our time. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, and I do encourage you to like the show on Facebook. If you go to Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, you may also follow me on Twitter, at Patrick D. McCoy to find out the latest in classical music. Also, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, I do write a column called the D.C. Performing Arts Examiner on examiner.com. So if you go to examiner.com and go to D.C. Performing Arts Examiner, you can get the latest on performing arts news here in Washington, D.C., as well as the region. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, 
the African-American voice and classical music, encouraging you to support the Washington Concert Opera and the performance of Camille Saint-Song, Samson, and Delilah on Sunday, May 13th at 4, I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock p.m. And also, if you're in the New York City area, I hope that you will um, do support uh, Marlon Daniel and Ensemble Dumont and his performance coming up also this weekend as chronicled in the Maestro series. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy, the African-American voice in classical music, and I do wish you a wonderful day. <laughs> 